Welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. Hey, Nathan, how are you doing today? Hey, good afternoon, Susan. I'm still trying to get a hold of your guests, so i got to kind of focus okay. on that at the moment. But just, beautiful morning here in the Seattle area. And uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Eric is usually the guy on the show, but he's on vacation having a great time. So lucky Nathan gets to play with me today. And we are having an amazing show today. Uh, last week, we um, didn't do our usual uh, astrology thing because I had some other issues going on and had to take care of that. Uh, but Cheryl Hopkins, our resident astrologer, is going to be here with us shortly, and she's going to do the astrology report. Um, but I wanted to tell you our guest today was going to be Stephen Bluminger, who is my partner, a partner in crime, so to speak, uh, in a new show. And we're going to be doing a segment of a show that we're going to be doing separate from KKNW, but we're going to do a show on KKNW on the first Friday of every month. And it is an amazing thing we're putting together. Uh, gold ghosts and Geronimo uh, we're using Geronimo because uh, initially we are going to be talking about the Apache people but we will be bringing in other nations uh, from Indian country uh, that are discovering the gold is both uh, Montezuma's gold and the Spaniard that stole it from Montezuma and so forth and then the ghost aspect of it is the contact that one of my guests that's on today, Heather Sherrick, and another person, Leanda Eason, who is not on today, uh, and myself, are using psychic ability to find out more information about both the treasure hunting for where the gold and other jewels and other uh, Spanish uh, uh, treasures and so forth and the Montezuma treasures have been hidden. Uh, and bring all that in, and and we're we're going to be starting a lot of this with uh, what the Apache did. Now the Apache lived in both uh, New Mexico and Arizona, and we'll go into the history of uh, how the Apache and the Navajo were one people at one time. But the Apache initially welcomed uh, both the the people that came up from Mexico, the that we now call Mexicans, and the. Uh, Anglo, Anglo settlers, settlers, it's such a, an, uh, such a white word, isn't it? Settlers, uh, invading army. Uh, you know, there's still this illusion that, you know, the, the Europeans came in and found this big empty land with nobody there and they just settled it. Well, there were people here. Uh, they just didn't have the same attitude towards the land. They had a, a more of a, we are the children of the land viewpoint, very different than I own this and I'm going to do whatever I want with it. So that will be part of what we're, what we're talking about as well. But um, we're bringing in uh, a lot of things that are very different. And I wanted to tell you why uh, Stephen Bluminger, who is my partner in this uh thing, uh, Gold, Ghosts, and uh, Geronimo. Uh, we came up with that name. We kind of like it. But Steve can't be with us because uh, he is right now in the middle of a um, Zoom meeting with his cousin. His cousin is Terry DeLeon. 
uh, De- oh, I'm sorry, I messed up his name right away, Delon- Delonis. Anyway, Terry and Stephen are in a meeting with uh, the Discovery Channel. Uh, they're going to be doing a show about uh, Terry's grandfather, Stephen's great uncle, uh, who uh, was Doc Noss. Now, some of you may have heard about Doc Noss and Victorio Peak and the treasure that that was found there that he found of gold and how the family has maintained uh, control over that even though it's on a White Sands missile base. So there have been a number of discoveries. This was on 60 Minutes, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Doc was actually shot in the back uh, because of the gold. Uh, Ryan is the man who shot him. Now, Doc... Doc was mostly Cheyenne. He had a little German in him, but he was mostly Cheyenne. And the reason I believe that Ryan was found not guilty uh, for shooting a man in the back, even though he said he was running to his truck to get a gun, was his story, was because he was mostly Cheyenne. And, you know, if you were Native, uh, you your word against a white man's was just uh, a non sequitur. So I find, uh, you know, that fascinating. And like I said, this uh, this is going to be a show. You guys are hearing about this way before they're even talking about it on Discovery Channel. So you're getting in on the end uh, that there is this show coming up that's about the family that are now, they're looking at it as a generational thing. So there's another generation. So... Terry did this, and Steve did this uh, treasure hunting uh, with the permission of the government. I mean, there's some amazing stories around the whole Victoria Peak thing uh, with Doc Noss. And the family maintained uh, rights to that all through this, even though the government now has the White Sands Missile Base. This is where the atomic bomb was tested. Uh, I mean, there's so much, so much. But now there's a new generation of treasure hunters. And I think Terry is being called the reluctant treasure hunter uh, that'll be coming up on the Discovery Channel show. But Steve and I have our own project, uh, the Gold, Ghosts, and Geronimo. And um, Heather uh, is on with us today. I just want to say hi to her. Hey, Heather. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hello. So um, Heather and uh, Leanda, Leanda Eason, Heather Sherrick, Leanda Eason, and myself have triaded with using psychic information to uh, look for not just the treasure, but the the stories, the true stories of what happened, and not the and not the things that have been made up. Because, boy, the difference between gossip and the truth you know, can be considerable. And also, too, we didn't go out planning on looking for that. Things came to us prior, and then pieces, it was like putting together a puzzle piece. Um, Right, and we're still putting the puzzle pieces together. Right. Right. But what's interesting is I knew... Before I met Steve, I knew nothing. I had never heard of of Victoria Peak. I had never heard of Doc Noss. I didn't know anything about it. But my initial, and I've said this on the show previously, but my initial meeting with him at lunch, I was getting this visual 
such strong psychic information. I was like standing in the cave. I was describing it. Never been there before, but the messages were so strong. And uh, a lot of the psychic, the way I get information, a lot of it can be very vague, you know, and, and so forth. But this wasn't vague. It was, it was very intense. And Heather was getting information long before I talked to her about it, right? Right. And I was like, yeah. 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 And then Leanda, you know, some of the, the, the ways I said to her, so both Leanda and Heather are meditating every morning and generally every evening as well. Uh, I'm kind right. of spotty with it. But um, well, I'm going to tell them just briefly one of the things that you and I do which uh, I hadn't planned on saying, but it's kind of interesting. So I, oh, in yeah, my man. healing room, I have a pyramid, and I have a massage table in the pyramid. And what we've done, when did we start doing this, like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, at least, where we were getting, like, doing, I was doing the meditation, and then you were, we were doing it over the phone. And so I was, like, getting the pictures and, like, kind of basically faxing you mental picture <laughs> of right, what I was exactly. saying and then you were able to it was really really cool you okay so better, but. there was uh, yeah there was um, uh, you know just uh, so what I would do is I, she was laying there and then I was seeing the vision she was having and I would say what I was seeing and she would confirm that that's what she was seeing or no, that's not exactly what she was seeing. And I found it interesting. Some of the times I was seeing the same thing, but from a different angle. Right. Right. Which, which was fascinating. Yeah. Um, there's so, all kinds of elements that have come into this, but um, I think we'll just, we're going to stick with the one, the chief. Right. Right. We're going um, to do that. But before we yeah. get started on that, folks, um, okay. normally we have had our resident astrologer, Cheryl Hopkins, give her astrology report. Like for August, it would usually be the last Friday in July. Well, things happened. Life is so interesting these days. Just, And I bet you anything, Cheryl can really go into depth on that on astrology. So this month, we're actually going to have two astrology reports, one today for the month of, of August. And then at the end of August, we're going to have September's report. So you're lucky you. You're getting two, two, two for the price of one <laughs> this month. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And uh, so fascinating and listening to... Uh, what you're uh, involved in and focused on, it is just the timing is so good, just in terms of, you know, something that has not been discovered, known, seen, understood, coming up to the surface to be revealed. I mean, it's happening in so many areas and places. So great. Yeah, so we're, we're astrologically being, uh, I just see us floating along into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that really kind of fit? Go ahead. No, that was just, I haven't figured out how to turn off the sound when I get an email. <laughs> that 
I know it's something simple. I just <laughs> sorry, folks, well, but it just adds a little interesting sound to the show. To deal with the details of the tech, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Cheryl, tell us what is going on besides that you're confirming that this is exact right timing for what we're doing. Well, why do I say it's the exact right timing? Uh, well, we started the month as we did, let's see, uh, July, and as we will do in September, uh, with four planets retrograde. So Jupiter, the planet of expansion, it also has to do with our capacity to develop faith, to have faith, to trust, to be excited and um, optimistic in life and follow our bliss, as it were. Saturn, which is about focus, concentration, habits, commitment, perseverance towards uh, intended goal. Um, and then Neptune, the planet of illumination, spirituality, imagination. And Pluto, of course, rebirth and transformation. So these are very, very high-frequency energies. Mm -hmm. And when you have planets retrograde, uh, the Cliff Note version is that what they stand for is seemingly um, operating on an inner level. So Jupiter retrograde would suggest this month is a very good time, as has been last month and into the 13th of September, to really get right with oneself, to, to really have a look at one's integrity. Am I walking my talk? Am I, am I aligned with what I say my, my higher goals and values are, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I need to, yeah. otherwise I'll forget. One of the things that the spirits have told me regarding this project was if there's mm -hmm. anyone involved in it operating from greed and not coming from integrity, it won't work. So that fits go. exactly what you're talking about. That's right. That's correct. It's very important. Because um, when we when we are in a period of retrogradation, okay, um, as I said, what we're give, we're being given an opportunity to revisit, to go over old ground as it relates to the particular planetary mm -hmm. principle, and so with Jupiter, Jupiter has to do with our expansive urge, okay, our urge mm -hmm. to be more than what you know the day to day reality, the woulds, the shoulds, you know, um, requirements ask of us and to go beyond that this is what causes one to want to travel to foreign cultures who want to study philosophy who that want to go get a higher degree i know i can be bigger and better okay and also mm -hmm. given the conversation i heard and what you're involved in you're talking about something involving people uh, from an american perspective of a foreign background well that's jupiter right there okay right uh, right Saturn is Saturn would have to do is traditionally the Lord of Karma, and so right. we're talking about with karma. We're talking about for uh, uh, every action there is an equal or opposite reaction, a cause and effect. So what you're engaged in right now is finding the effect of a cause that occurred at a, a future uh, past point in time, but also has relevance to what the future will hold how we will think about these things, how we will think about us, who we are. How will we 
get right with our integrity as represented by this Jupiter in general and Jupiter retrograde. So something about the Saturn karmic piece ties into that Jupiter, you know, aligning and um, becoming more integrated from a little bit higher awareness point. Okay, so that would be a useful thought for you to carry as you go about with that project. Then we, of course, have the Neptune piece. Neptune is always about, as I said, imagination, spirituality. But Neptune is also the great dissolver. So how we think we're seeing things, what we think we're looking at, what we think it all means. When we're talking about Neptune being involved, and it is quite involved, um, we can also often find that what we think we see is not really there. Or what we want it to be has never been there. At the same time, Neptune imagination is key to being able to manifest because you need to be able to envision what it is that you want to create. What is the next dream? And mm-hmm. in what the undertaking is, a little bit that I heard of you, you're, it sounds to me like there's some some goal to resolve, to know, to yes. bring a light to, right? Right. Um and so, you know, the Neptune piece is almost like, you know, um, bringing to, to end uh, like a, a curse, right? Uh, bringing, you know, yes. the curse, removing the... And there's the, a lot the of talk of, about that in terms of the treasure hunting, yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Right. There's always myth and story around that, you know? What mm-hmm. the what and the why and the where. That's very juicy and interesting and intriguing. And then, of course, the Pluto piece is about rebirth. So we know that in generally we're in a time of major recalibration within our individual and our collective lives, our global lives. The hum- humanity is being called to elevate. This is one way to think of, of the COVID-19 virus. Something about the virus hitting every single human being on the planet. Animals, okay, having um, transmission between, you know, species of animals. Says this is not just a virus. There is something higher about it. And right. whatever it is about, you got to figure if it's hitting everything on the planet that moves and breathes, then we must be being called to get into a better alignment globally. Again, the issue of integrity we're talking about there. Now, I'll, I'll just add that this month is, um, so with all of that energy, we have Mars, moving through it's the sign that is most closely associated with uh, aries so here you have these uh what i've been speaking about predominantly capricorn energy which is structure and form and how we've done things and then of course you've had the neptune and pisces which is like the end of the road right been there Mm -hmm. done that time to get real with the reality and atone for what is not in alignment and proper and then that's you have the that's Mars, funny because uh, I call myself a practical visionary. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that, that, that's Saturn and Neptune right there. Yeah, Beautiful. exactly. Beautiful. I'm sorry. So Go ahead. I'm sorry. The Mars and Aries piece brings uh-huh. stress to the planets in Capricorn. So yeah. bringing stress to that Jupiter, okay, um, is you know, my integrity and in, in alignment is what I have faith in, okay? Am I acting from that, or is it counter to the actions I want to take, okay? Um, am I angry because what I believe, you know, um, I see, you know, it, it, there's nothing to it, I've been lied to, or I've had false beliefs? These could be some of the questions. 
with the, the Mars and Saturn um, uh, uh, stress point, which will take place closer to the end of this month, the last week, the last few days. There we're talking about meeting massive resistance, trying to push an immovable object. And maybe a smarter way to function is to um, look at the object and not use your brute strength or your anger, but rather find a way to cooperate with the mass and the bulk and the resistance so that you are flowing with. You get, you know, you use the resistance against, kind of like in Tai Chi Qigong, right? Where you use right. the, the adversary's energy um, and to move out of the way. Um, and then, of course, with uh, the Mars piece in stress to Pluto, that is a time where we want to be careful because um, we can find ourselves coming up against um, rage that we didn't even know we're carrying, resistance, right. uh, resentment, um, and impulsive action. The positive is we can, you know, be informed by a sense of, you know what, nothing's going to stop me, and I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, focus and go for what it is that I intend. That would be a kind of more of a positive way of using those energies at this time. Mars is slowing down, so that towards the end of the month, when um, what I'm sharing with you will be more up, we will see activity and, and things happening in the media, and I think particularly around children. Um, and yeah, I would um, say also... Yeah in connection to the virus. Uh, I would mm -hmm. anticipate some really um, horrible episodes in terms of spread or in terms of situations with the virus. And, mm -hmm. and you know, so we'll just... Yeah, to, to say that mind. children are immune when we know so little about the virus to begin with, that doesn't mean that they're not carriers. That is correct. And But what I'm feeling could very well be the case because of the aspects that I'm looking at with uh, where that Mars will be in relation to the United States chart, is that um, the, something about what would occur could have the impact on us nationally, collectively, of kind of like sapping the life out, right? Of, and also of rage coming to the fore. Um, it could be some kind of like breakthrough moment where, you know, the, the anger of what I have been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's very easy to place the blame on, you know, why I believe what I believe. But the point is you believed it, you went for it, and then when you find out that it's not the case or that you're you're hurt or you're wounded by it, one can, you know, that can be a very dangerous time if a person can't control their reactions. So that could very well be the case. And something around children is the trigger. Uh, and what the um, the authorities or those in charge were supposed to do or, you know, um, or did. So there's an mm -hmm. issue around that. So we just come yeah. up on a time where groundiness and breath and trying to find the joy despite everything I just said. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. The, the, both things happen simultaneously. You know, it's like you wake up in the morning. You look in the mirror. Am I going to live this day in, in, in passion and love and life-affirming? Or am I going to live this day in misery and anger and sadness? Mm -hmm. You have that option yes. every single morning. Yes, yes. Oh, so well said. 
so well said. And Thank you. We Thank all need to just kind of plastered on our foreheads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, because you always have a choice. Doing nothing yeah. is a choice. You know, I mean, right. there, there's always a choice. And when we when we abdicate the responsibility of our choices and you can say, you know, I mean, I did that on this show. I was convinced at the beginning of this COVID last spring, you know, that like, well, this was created in a laboratory and blah, blah, blah. And my friend found, you know, said, no, no, I looked at this study. I looked at the study where a couple of the members felt exactly like I did. And they were scientists and they felt that. But after they did the research, they changed their minds. So I came on the mm -hmm. air and said, I was wrong. I've been mm -hmm. proven wrong. I got the evidence. Here's an interesting little tidbit. Um, we had heard those same um, um, conspiracy thoughts. And, you know, at the time, who knew? You know, that was right. as, as good right. an explanation as anything else out there, right? Um, right? But then sort of down the road a bit, um, my husband was telling me how he had read how um, someone, again, hearing these things, looked was looking into it. And he said, no, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not that at all. He said, you know, and of course I'm paraphrasing. Right. There had been a lot of research going on about coronaviruses in right. South Carolina, where there's a level four lab, in China, and one other place on the planet, I don't remember. In these cases, you had groups of scientists going into caves where the bats were so that they could capture the bats or do whatever they need to do to get the bats to, to, to do the research. And the person um, who is a well-respected researcher in, in this field was saying is that the more likely scenario is that someone caught the virus directly from the bat in the process of collecting and passed it and passed it on. Now the lab right. happened in to be the laboratory, the <laughs> right? The lab yeah. happened to be near the wet market too. So when you, right. when, if, if, if this story is the case, you could kind of, you know, just dissect it and see the, where the conspiracy theory would fit in. Um, right. Right. It makes sense. If you have all yeah. the information. Yeah. So right. that's, that's it. Breathe. And, it's, and just remember, and no matter what's going on, there is still the sun comes up. Nature is amazing. This planet is incredible. People do good things every day. Love mm -hmm. is a beautiful thing. Find a reason and love to be happy will always for a nanosecond. Absolutely, Cheryl. You always, you, you always, you know, you bring astrology to a place that anyone can understand it. You know, it's not all mysterious. The way I mean, yeah, you throw Jupiter this and Pluto that, and you know, but you say it so people can understand it. I've never forgotten how you explained Mercury retrograde, saying, "Well, it depends on where where your Sun and Moon and Ascendant are, and where Mercury, what sign it's in, on how it's going to impact on you." Nobody ever said that to me before. I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, thank you so yeah. much. I mean, that's that's. That's one of my big goals. I want people to understand it and and relate to it and recognize mm -hmm. that it's we are connected to this stuff. So it's not it's just, right. you know, this conceptual, you know, uh, old airy fairy kind of stuff. I mean it it's it has relevance. Whether we understand yes. how it has relevance or yes. not, we can understand that it does. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Anyway, 
Thank you. Uh, as always, I always run over time-wise because there's so much to talk about. I want to get uh, a little mention of gold, uh, and you are golden. Uh, thank you oh, for being a part of Thank you so show. much. All right, All right, sweetie, I'll talk to you in a you few be well. weeks. All right, bye. Bye-bye. All right, so um, now, Heather, I wanted to talk a little Hi. bit about gold, and then I want us to go into, you know, some of the stuff the spirits talked about, and then kind of do a little bit of the Indian. I'm going to kind of jump around uh, because my notes are, um, I have, folks, I have been interviewing people, right, Heather? Yes. <laughs> and some of the information I'm getting is is so relevant, and I'm going to start a little differently than I was going to. Uh, when she talked about bats, I just want to bring up Carlsbad Caverns and tell you the other side of the story, the true story on Carlsbad Caverns, because uh, there was a... Uh, a the story is that this guy, Jim White, discovered Carlsbad Caverns. Well, I talked to a guy whose great-grandfather, his name was, um, shoot, I have notes, where are the notes? Uh, <laughs> this guy stood se seven feet tall and weighed 300 pounds, and they called him Big Dad. And Big Dad had actually gone in to get the bat guava. Isn't that what it's called? The, yeah. the bat. Is that guano. correct? Guava? Uh, guano. 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 That's it. Guano. I knew I had it. It began with a G and ended with an O. But I got an Yeah. And guano. So that's the uh, leavings, shall we say, the theses of the bats. Right. And he went into these caverns where the bats, he'd seen where the bats were, and he was pulling it out because it was a really good uh, fertilizer. And so he tells, and his family got upset with him because this is what the grand, the, my friend's grandmother had told him about his great-grandfather and said that uh, they got upset that he told this guy, Jim White, about the caves. So he was only 18. He made up this story that he was riding the fence post and he saw these bats flying out and he discovered Carlsbad Caverns. Well, I will tell you, it was Big Dad Yarborough who knew about the caverns way before Jim White did. So that's a little bit of news most people don't know because the history books all say Jim White, which goes to show you it's he who tells the story that gets the credit, right? <laughs> Right. Just bring that in. You know, that's a little side story, but it's an interesting one. And I talked to um, uh, another uh, another miner here uh, that's here in Arizona in Wickenburg. And one of the things he told me that fit in with some of the psychic information we've gotten, right, Heather, about right. finding. You see, the pre-Columbian people on this continent didn't see gold as wealth. They saw it in terms of spirituality. So it's a different perspective. Gold was gathered because it was used in, as, in, in, the, in a spiritual kind of way. And one of the things that, that this one miner told me about, 
It said in um, Arizona and New Mexico, there are uh, caves and caverns that are called cathedrals. And they're called that because they're sacred spaces. Now, I'm not going to go into all of it today, but there are reasons why some are sacred and others are not. There's specific qualities, and we're discovering those, aren't we, Heather? Right. <clears throat> yeah, and, there's a lot. But there's real. one of these that this young man was calling his family a sixth generation in the mining business in Arizona. And he's uh, in his mid-30s. Uh, he told me about uh, these uh, cathedrals, they call them. And I'm like, why are they calling the, this cave or this thing a cathedral? Why is it different? He said, because there's sacred spaces, which is very interesting. But there's lots of treasure in them. And it's gems and minerals and gold. And there's ways to find them. And he told me about that, which I'm not going to talk about today. But it's it's really quite interesting. And they say that this one cave that he says he knows where it is. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. But that the amount of gems, minerals, and gold that are in there, it would be worth over $3 billion today. And the, the legend is that the family that finds that will be taken care of the whole family the rest of their life. Well, we're going to investigate that a little bit more and see where, they're, where that's going. Because there were so many stories about how greed, and I, I referred to that earlier, has really impacted in a negative way. And uh, one of those is there was the Johnson mine where the uh, Johnson... Uh, had his uh, 27 Chinese workers. He blew up the entrance to the mine to kill them so he didn't have to pay them. Wow. And I bet a lot of people never even heard that story because who cares about the Chinese, right? They were just here to work. So this is part of what Cheryl was alluding to in the astrology, that we have to come at things in a different kind of way. We have to come at it from humanity. And uh, just politically right now, folks, if you're a Democrat and you're a corporate Democrat, watch out, baby, because those progressives are getting elected and wow. getting reelected. And that's going to keep going because the government of, by, and for the people is going to actually be actualized. We are going to have people in our government who represent the people and speak for the people, not the corporate interests. And it's happening. That's part of the change. Um, oh, we God. have to take... A well, go ahead, honey. Oh, no, I just was agreeing with you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. Hey, I like when people go. agree. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So we're way past time for a break, and uh, we'll take a short break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about gold, but we're also going to talk about the Apache, and we're going to... Heather's going to tell us a story uh, about one of her uh, visions. So stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience, where Heather Sherrick will join me right after the break, sharing her uh, experience with spirit. 
From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin the vast institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level if you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Jerry Mathers, who takes us back to the golden years of television and his role as Theodore Cleaver in the sitcom Leave it to Beaver. On Saturday, Jody Levon, the happy medium, brings her own perspective to a discussion about the afterlife and the storm of crises in 2020. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Hey, welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, where Heather Sherrick has joined me. Uh, We're we're talking about a new project that I'm doing, Gold, Ghosts, and Geronimo. So we're bringing in uh, Hidden Treasure, and we're talking about how the spirits are involved with this, and what the Native American legends uh, have to say about all of this. Uh, Heather and I, during the break, were talking about at one point, everybody was stealing from everybody. I mean, the conquistadores stealing from the Aztecs, the Apaches Calvary, stealing from them, the, the cowboys stealing from the, and everybody cowboys, shooting. Them. Yeah. Indians, Mexican bandits. We yeah, got them all. all. We got every A cast of thousands. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. As we've been looking into all of these different layers, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's so much that we're not going to cover today because this is just the introduction of Gold Ghosts and Geronimo. Uh, but that this is going to be a monthly uh, event on this uh, on Susan Harmon Experience. Uh, we're going to be doing this on the first uh, Friday of every month. Uh, there'll be an episode of this, but there's so much more. There's the blog radio. Wait, wait, but wait, folks, wait, there's, there's more. more. 
<laughs> so, Heather, you you have been dealing with uh, spirits and ghosts uh, all your life because you have a crazy mom. Well, <laughs> well, right. This is um, my whole life. I've been around, um, you know, astrologers, healers, shaman, medicine men, women, UFO, um, all kinds of stuff throughout my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great stuff. A lot of, I was, you know, now that I've gotten older, very grateful and thankful that I was taught things throughout my life, you know, very grateful. It's a lot of good stuff, you know. Yeah. 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 My family uh, is uh, five generations in show business. My grandmother belonged to the Theosophical Society. My great grandmother, you know, was psychic. I mean, we, you know, we, we've always been that way, but I think that we've taken it much further than other members of my family have. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so, but every, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Heather uh, has been meditating, not on this specifically, but it's been narrowing in, and there have been things that have come. I mean, like for instance, we we just recently discovered she kept getting uh, the the word three rivers. There's three rivers, not knowing right. that's the name of a town. Right. Well, it all started like well, almost about a year and eight months ago. Some stuff happened in my life. And so I started to try, you know, do use the violet flame meditation to try and, you know, just get into the meditation to try and, you know, meditate and find an inner peace, not just on one issue, but for my whole life being, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and I actually got um, the violet flame. And remember the um, expo that you used to do? Yeah, with all the healers and yeah, and Emerald so Spiral Expo, folks, is still going on March and September. I doubt if it's going to be held this September because of COVID, but uh, it'll be back. Go ahead, a great, just a putting a little place. plug yeah. in for it. <laughs> right. So then I started doing um, the Violet Flame meditation, and it took a while to get to a certain point, right? And um, but the first clear vision like I had it was more like a silhouette but it was definitely the chief now I, I have names for certain because now it's expanded through this year and, and like you got the chief and you got the cowboy you didn't know have names you just gave him a designation yeah I just gave like the chief you know cowboy and then there's some other well there's obviously more have come around now but as far as the chief, um, he's always been up on his horse. Um, a very, uh, you know, the with the chief, his chief. I can't remember the name of what they call the headdress, but uh -huh. um, the go all whatever. the way down. You know, it's like uh -huh. he's been very an honored. He's the chief, right? <laughs> but he's always been up on his horse. So that was the first one that I saw. Later on. Down the way, um, when we were in Kingman, was the second time I saw the chief. But then there was another guy behind him, but it wasn't clear. And then later on, I come to find out that is Sitting Bull, um, further down the line. So, 
Well, but tell anyway. tell the audience what in this one specific you call it a dream. I believe it's right. more of a vision because it was so vivid. To me, when people have very vivid dreams, they're really visions. But yeah, because, um, what um, happened in this when he beckoned you to follow him into this canyon? Right. I was in a meditation and um, I was in a meditation and I had fallen asleep. And all of a sudden I'm in this area, which it's, um, you know, deserty. It's It's where I've seen it before. And all of a sudden, like, I'm there, I see him, and he looks, turns back to look at me and motions me to come, right? So I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> and as he's, the horse is going around this, like, rock formation, um, because there's these mountains, but they're not big mountains, mm-hmm. but they're just um, kind of hard for me to explain it. But as we were coming around the side, um, that's when I saw all these other um, guys either standing somewhere up on the horses, up in the background, and um, just all a bunch I, of people. Yeah, a bunch of people. And um, sorry, <laughs> the cat just came in. Um, I saw a group of people and then I saw Danny and Danny is, uh, my husband's brother who, who was, was murdered. Um, yes. He was murdered on Turtle Mountain Reservation. Um, and, uh, there was a lot of past history on that when he was murdered. I mean, he was, cause he, uh, thought he was in a safe place and they, you know, several guys came from behind and that's not how Danny did things, right. you know, like, right. But go ahead. And he, yeah. And, uh, when they murdered him, <clears throat> um, that's when I called for you because it was so intense for the family, you know, the way it happened. Um, but that's when you joined in and helped, um, and, if that's all right, I'll just tell this little piece of it so you can yeah. go back to what happened in your vision. Uh, when you called, we were on the phone, and the front door burst open, and I felt Danny's energy uh, come in, and he was very angry, and he wanted his brothers to go up to Turtle Mountain in North Dakota and seek revenge. And I said, no, you can't You can't let them do that because it'll, it'll, it'll ruin them. They, they can't do that. And I was trying to get his attention, and he wouldn't listen to, his spirit wouldn't listen to me at all. You're a woman, you're a white woman, I don't care what you have to say, leave me alone. And I said, he, he won't listen to me at all. And so I, I said, I have to get help. And uh, I started calling out for help for him. And three beautiful uh, men, native men, tall and, and beautiful, I said, he's one of yours, help him. And the last thing I remember with this was him walking off with them into the mist. And that was that was the end of my my part of this. And then Rachel sees him. I'm Rachel, the other daughter. <laughs> Heather. Heather. Sorry. 
the kids always hate it when you do that. I'm used to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Heather sees him in her vision talking to all of these people in the canyon that the chief has brought her there to hear what's being said. Right. And he these, says... These guys are supposed to be protecting... Um, these guys have been, you know, basically just knowing that they have to protect this area, you know. And um, so there's some of them that wouldn't know, you know. So he was telling all of them that you were a good person, that this, you know, just kind of telling all of them what you did for not only for him, but also how you helped um, Mac uh, and everything that we've been doing to help Mac with um, the boarding school issue, which is another Yeah, well, let's issue. not go into that um, now. But, yeah, we can go too much into that. But he's explaining to them what you've done for for him, for Mac. Um, and so, you know, they're all like, okay, you know, so they're all understanding. He comes over and gives you a kiss on the forehead thanking you for helping him to not do those things. And that's when um, all of a sudden he, like, cleared the way and said, you have permission to pass. And then that's when a beautiful woman, and I knew it was a woman, and now I figured it was Misty pointing up, like up. And so I was thinking we were going up because then you could see the cave. There was a cave all on the side. You could see she was pointing up, right? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, we're, I'm like in the cave and I'm being like lifted up. Like, I, mean, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm being yeah. like completely lifted up and I'm seeing everything from a lot bigger perspective and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there's like thousands it's not hundreds it's not thousands on either side of like archangels angels ascended masters opening a huge part of the area like further up from where the cave was but right there to the side so the first time they they split open open it showed me a river like a river under the ground All right so that was in there like one <laughs> and then they close it up and then they open it again they show the river and the moon as they're closing two then <laughs> they third time open it up show the river the moon and then close it up and they say three and that was where we so that's where we look up and find there's the three rivers. And as I'm coming back down, I'm like being um, told, be careful, be careful. You need the tools to like go down in between another like cavern parts to this cave. And then mm -hmm. that's when I woke up. But oh, and I also do remember when it she was taking me around those flowers, too. Okay. And we'll talk about more of that. We've only got a few more minutes left. Okay. And I wanted okay. to thank you. That was That's a very, very powerful vision, and I know it impacted you because of its clarity. 
Uh, and it fits into all of this. And she had this vision before she knew we were going to be doing this project. That's right. what's interesting about it. And then that's uh, what led me to a map that led to other things. So we'll, we'll talk about right. that. <laughs> right. And, and, everything, and one thing led to another. And one of the things that I wanted to just say, you know, the Apache initially welcomed the, uh, the Ringos, the white settlers, um, and, and, and quickly, the Apache, but then they started fighting because the, you know, the, quote, Americans wanted to take over everything. And the Apache fought the Buffalo Soldier and a lot of people, and they fought them around Victoria Peak, which is where we're going to start with this. But a lot of people don't know how Buffalo Soldiers got their name. Did I ever tell you this? No, I don't think I have. Because their hair looked like the buffalo curly the curly fur on the buffalo did you that's how they got their name buffalo soldiers the black soldiers curly hair looked like the buffalo uh thing and and i also found it interesting that they all had white commanders on the uh on the buffalo soldier units and the Buffalo soldiers, the white commanders felt that it was a punishment command, which is kind of interesting. But initially, they were all they all uh, worked together, sort of. But the Apache, there were two groups that came up from Mexico, and they had found all this bullion, all this gold, and they split into two parties because they knew the Apache were coming after them. And the Apache evidently killed both parties. They know that they found the blood uh, on the one thing that was the mule blood uh, because they said the Apache slaughtered the uh, mule for food. And then, but they never found where uh, the treasure, the gold, they had the, the, the Mexicans had all this gold bullion that had come from the Spaniards. Now, interestingly enough, one of the people I talked to told me that the lost Dutchman mine, that he never brought out ore. He brought out bullion. And this person that told me this, the family knew the lost Dutchman, and he used to tell them, yeah, if they ever try to find the cave with the gold, they'll die because the walls are covered with arsenic. Very interesting lost Dutchman story. Most people don't know that. But stay tuned to this uh, segment that is going to happen on the first Friday of uh, every month on Susan Harmon Experience because you're going to learn so much you never knew and we're getting new stuff every day. Uh, next month, we will be our segment in October is going to be super exciting because we are actually going to go on an expedition in September on this. So excellent show. I want everybody to have a great day. And, you know, remember that no matter how bad things look, take a look at the light. You can never change the darkness by being dark. You can only change the darkness by shining a light on it. And while you're shining that light, keep on dancing.